You're listening to Vet Candy. Hello and welcome to this episode of Vet Candy IRL. And I'm your host, Shannon Gregoire. Now today we have a very special guest to introduce to you today. And we are talking about different in veterinary medicine, a little non-clinical action and a little bit of a different perspective on what you can do with your DVM degree, because we know there are so many opportunities once you get a DVM that we wanted to show you someone who I think is pretty amazing with what she's done with her career so far. Um, And she works at one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in our industry right now. So I would like to introduce to you, Dr. Christine Royale. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me, Shannon. Are you one of those veterinarians that, you know, I was five years old and I wanted to be a vet or were you someone that was like, no, I wanted to be an architect. And then I thought I loved animals. So I went to veterinary school. Like, which one of those are you? I am the traditional. I grew up always wanting to be a veterinarian. Yep. (laughs) Same with me too. It's just, you know, when you know, you know, I guess. (laughs) Yes, I was uh, always determined. I fell in love with animals early in my life, and I knew that was what I wanted to do. Yeah, it seems like a pretty uh, consistent theme with a lot of us. That's great. (laughs) Um, So tell us a little bit about like your background, where you did your undergrad, where you went to vet school, and you know how you decided you wanted to go into like more of a non-clinical role. Growing up, I worked in a veterinary clinic and he went to Auburn University. I grew up in South Florida. So growing up, I knew Auburn was going to be the place for me. I went there and I did my microbiology degree and then entered into vet school and completed my degree there. While there, so in undergrad, I worked in the fisheries and it was really neat because I got a boat and a truck and I was able to go outside and we did stuff uh, inside the lab as well. Um, But then when I got to vet school, I knew that there was something in research. I actually worked in the neuroendocrinology department and we worked on writing grants and kind of got a little bit of exposure to industry because industry sponsored a lot of our research. And so whenever I graduated, I went into full-time private practice but I had only worked for two to three practices in in my whole life. And I knew that, well, I think I want to be an owner at some point. So a job came up in industry as a professional service veterinarian in Tennessee. And I said, you know what? I think, you know, I was newly married, newlyweds. We're going to go on an adventure. We're going to go live in Nashville, Tennessee. So that's when I started my uh, job in industry. And it was really neat because I got to go out and visit hundreds of practices across the entire Southeast to meet colleagues, meet staff members, learn best practices. So it really helped to shape who I was. And then I fell in love with it because the job is different every day and you don't know what, what you're going to be faced with. Yeah. That's so cool. Especially to like move to Nashville and be able to travel down there must've been so much fun. (laughs) And so if you're up for it today, I'd like to play a little bit of 21 questions with you and kind of see, you know, what we can find out. (laughs) So you answered my first question, which was basically, you know, the Cliff Notes version of your life and how you got into vet med and everything. So my next question for you is what should they teach in vet school that they don't? I would say it is getting additional time, you know, and we have to keep in mind that when I went to vet school, they have advanced a lot more (laughs) than when I went into vet school, right? You know, I think it's more of the business acumen, whether you're an associate or an owner, 
what does the different pieces mean from running the enterprise to training of staff to um, how to think about where the profession is going to the future and how, whether you're an associate or a business owner, what the future means to you. What inscription would you want? I know it's maybe a little dark, but on your gravestone, how would you want people to remember you by? You know, I think it would be something as, you know, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a mother, and uh, that, you know, she's cared, she's tried, and she's, and she's loved. Mm. Yeah, that's really nice, actually. I asked this to one other veterinarian, too, and she also put, like, wife, mother, daughter ahead of veterinarian because we're all just, you know, humans first, right? And that's kind of what we pride ourselves on more than, even though being a veterinarian is, like, this huge, amazing accomplishment, it's not the only thing that really matters. I agree. And it shapes our lives though, because it's, it's the amount of heart and the amount of caring that I see in colleagues. I think that's one of the things that unites us as a profession. Yeah, absolutely. And rolling off of that, what is a cause that's worth dedicating your life to? It's got to be animals and the people that care for them. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's definitely, I think that's the definition of veterinary medicine is dedicating your life to people and their pets. <laughs> I enjoy the animals, but I also enjoy the people and the interactions and the connections that you can make and whether that's celebrating the joys in life or helping to heal. I think it's, it, there are, you know, difficult conversations, but you have to sort of figure out where your energy level is and what are opportunities to recharge as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And then what is the most important thing that you would want to teach your children? Be kind. I think my, I have two little girls right now that are eight and 10. So they're kind of getting into that, you know, girls and boys. And yes, yes, yes. And some of the things that they come home with, I'm like, really, we're dealing with that now. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about kindness and how to navigate helping others as well. Yeah. Any boyfriends yet? <laughs> oh, no, no, not there. Not there. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> And um, what has been the greatest moment of your life so far? That's a hard one because there are so many moments within our lives that, you know, I think about, is it accomplishing something that I had, you know, grown my whole life was, was graduating from vet school. And then there's the having the children, the getting married and, and becoming a family. So I think what I've learned over the years is the greatest moment is every moment that you're living in here in the now and really being present there. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Vet Candy makes learning fun with the most fascinating people on our planet. Our entertaining continuing education programs are made for your streaming world. Fabulous, fun, and free. Available on demand anywhere and anytime. Don't miss out. Subscribe today on iTunes, YouTube, or a platform of your choice. Or visit myvetcandy.com for more information. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciating the little things as you go along. and. How would you recharge after either a crazy busy day in the clinic or a crazy day of traveling? What do you like to do? I like to go outside. So getting outside, getting fresh air, getting outside of these four walls, you know, 
um, is really helpful. And I have German short hair pointers, which have a lot of energy. Oh. <laughs> so uh, we like to get outdoors with them. And one of our family favorites is to play Foursquare in the evening. We're a highly competitive family. So uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> That's so much fun. Yes, I love just playing outside and getting that that fresh air. Just really rejuvenating. Absolutely. <laughs> and then if, for say, we had a zombie apocalypse, how useful do you think you would be as a veterinarian? <laughs> I would say that I would be, you definitely want me on your team because I consider myself an outdoorsman. I'm athletic and, you know, we do know how to use quite a few instruments if you're a veterinarian. Exactly, right? <laughs> I know, I think we'd be pretty good at it too. We know how to think on our feet in uh MacGyver the heck out of any situation. Exactly, exactly. And I, I definitely want a few of our vet technicians with us on our team too. Oh, absolutely. They are really good too. And since you've had, you know, so much experience in traveling with your career, which is fantastic, do you have like a favorite place that you've been to so far? I have to say that it's always coming home. I know that's horrible, but <laughs> we do have like beautiful places that we travel to but I think coming home walking in the door and having the the dogs and the kids greet me nothing uh there's no place like home to steal it from the Wizard of Oz right yeah absolutely it's very relaxing too you can finally like breathe when you get home and do you have a favorite movie show or book that you can watch you know a million times over like I know a lot of people love Grey's Anatomy and watch it all the time I'm a movie person so uh, but I'm an old-time movie person so I'm going to date myself here because it's really sort of a three-way tie between Princess Bride, The Goonies, and Hitch. Three very different movies, but they're my favorites. That's awesome. I think, I think I've seen Hitch, but I've definitely seen The Princess Bride. That's, that's a really good movie, too. <laughs> and if you were on a 10-hour flight to wherever, who would you want to sit next to and why? I would want to sit next to my grandmother. Um, she's passed away now, but just her outlook and all of the adventures that she has had and what she lived through in her life, I'd love to pick her brain. I mean, just in the way our world is going in society and the changes that she went through and be able to take, take that history and be able to, to navigate the world that we're living in today. Yeah, absolutely. I bet she went through some pretty crazy cultural changes in her time as well. Are there any two things that you know you should know how to do, but maybe don't know? Two of the things that I've never been good at in my life is estimating distance or a dog's weight. Like, you know, some people just have that gift, like they see a dog and they're like, oh, that is a 56 pound dog. I just you know, I don't have that gift. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, huh? And they're like maybe a pound or two off. And you're like, wow, that was crazy accurate. <laughs> I wish I knew how to change a tire on my car, but I never actually learned how to do that. <laughs> no, and there's, uh, there are some things are, I'm sure around the house that I've gotten so used to. Uh, I'm blessed to have a wonderful, like, you know, jack of all trades husband who I don't have to worry about some of those things. Right. They just like magically take care of it. <laughs> and then what is something that you still wish you could do? Something that you haven't done yet? You know, probably for me, it's more traveling. Like, but traveling for fun and traveling internationally. Obviously, COVID has put a little bit of a damper on that. Um, I enjoy traveling with my family to see different places and exposing them to culture. And we just haven't had the opportunity to do that. 
Yeah, I know. Hopefully we'll uh, get back to some sort of normalcy pretty soon. I would love to go internationally again too. <laughs> I have that itch. <laughs> what do you think is something that might be misunderstood in veterinary medicine that isn't what people think it is? You know, if I take a look at people from outside the profession, I think that there is an understanding and an appreciation, but not a full understanding for what you're living it is the emotional roller coaster that I think no matter what role you play in the profession, you go through. You know, I alluded to it earlier. You have the happy moments, you have the good times, but then you also have the difficult moments and having, whether it's making a decision in a split second uh, based off of an animal that you're working on or, you know, euthanizing a pet. It's, it's a roller coaster and it's a lot to take on. And so I think that that's hard unless you're in the profession. I think it's hard for others to really, truly understand that. Yeah, especially when, you know, all of those things can happen in, you know, an eight or 10 hour workday and you go from up, down, up, down, up, down all day long. One exam room to the next and you've got to be that, you know, as you start off your day at 7 a.m. in the morning or whatever that time is at five o'clock, you've still got to be that. I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm in it and, you know, bubbly self, right? So. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You got to keep that, that professional face every time. And what do you think is something that can't be taught and can only be learned through experience? I think a couple of things there. I think vulnerability um, is hard to teach and hard to, you can tell people that it's important to be vulnerable with others and especially those that you trust, but I think it's hard to teach that. And I think the other thing is persistence. I think a lot of times, like if you think about kids growing up and they're like pulling on your shirt or like, hey, mom, hey, mom, right? You're like, oh, no, no, I'm talking to an adult, you know, but then later in life, if we want them to have drive and we want them to have the persistence and to see like, if you believe in something and you continue after it, eventually you'll achieve it. Don't give up. And I think that that's something that that's hard to teach. Yeah, absolutely. I think some people just are naturally more acquainted to like those kind of behaviors than others, but you can definitely like through experience, I think life kind of pushes you towards those things. If that's what you're looking for. This is another very deep question. (laughs) Um, What defines success or a successful person to you? The way that I define success for myself is when I wake up in the morning with a smile on my face, knowing that I'm going to go do something that I enjoy, right? And then just as soon as then later that night, I'm laying my head to rest and know that I've accomplished something that day, right? Now, I might not be able to shut off my brain because I'm thinking about what I did uh, today and what I'm going to do tomorrow. But I think, you know, just enjoying life and finding what your passion is, I think, defines success. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, pet parents. This is your favorite lifestyle guru, Renee Michelle, and I'm excited to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy. Join me and make some cute pet stuff. Talk about life and love and everything in between. Check out the Renee Michelle show on mypetcandy.com and let's have some fun. And what is something that maybe is super popular, a lot of people love that you don't like, 
you know, pineapple on pizza. <laughs> I don't like anything with like anchovies or like super salad with anchovies, like anything like that, not be appetizing. Yeah, no, I don't like anchovies either. It's kind of kind of gross. Uh, or anything like any food that's like off color, you know, like you, like the greetings and ham that you get. <laughs> yeah, no, and I don't even think like the green beer on St. Patrick's Day, like, no. <laughs> and you know what? It's funny, like hearing you talk, I think that you are the voice twin of Paris Hilton because you guys sound so similar. You guys just have this like really bubbly kind of happy tone of voice and it just like popped into my head. <laughs> And my next question is, what makes you say, oh, what was I thinking when you look back on your life? Well, in the near future, every Sunday night when I take a look at my schedule for the meeting, I think, what was I thinking with all of these virtual meetings that are are (laughs) fun? Yeah, it's uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm sure there's some other times in college at Auburn, we had this place called the Supper Club. I won't tell the story there. We should probably pass on this one, but. Well, it sounds like a great story. <laughs> I mean, I think overall, as I take a look at, you know, my life, I, I think it's, you know, I was reminded by a friend that says, you know, every time you say yes to something, think of all the places and people that you're saying no to. And so I think it's, um, well, it's not in the individual moment. I think that sometimes I tend to say yes to work versus yes to my kids. And I've got to find that right balance. And I think it's a little bit of a pendulum of back and forth. Sometimes it's more work and sometimes it's more family. But I think, you know, for me, it's keeping that as kind of my checkpoint in my mind of, hey, what am I saying no to, no matter what the situation is? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, a hot topic right now in veterinary medicine is how we find that work-life balance or what proportion does the individual look for? Like how much time do they want to spend at work? Because we know an eight hour shift usually isn't just eight hours. And especially with all the women in our profession, you know, they, they do want to have families and kids and stuff and have time to, to see those milestones like t-ball games and dance rehearsals and stuff. So it's definitely tricky. It it is. And I think I, I even remember, so I actually had my first child in industry and I remember, you know, thinking, is this the right decision? Is this the right time? And I think at the end of the day, never going to be the right time. You, you just make it work. I have a couple of individuals that are, you know, fairly high in our organization that are fixing to have uh, children. And it's just like, it, we'll figure it out. We do. Like there are ways to do it. And I think as a, you know, more and more coming female profession, we have to support each other and lift people up in that way. And, you know, there will be something to come back to. There will be <laughs> projects to come back to. Like at the end of the day, you know, no matter how much time you take off, it'll come back and it'll be waiting for you. Yeah. And absolutely with the, uh, the increase in this digital age with all these Zoom meetings and stuff, it's almost like it's helping in that aspect to maybe get, you know, women who have just had a child a little bit more time at home if they work part-time online, you know? Exactly. I think we have so many different tools now to allow that flexibility. Maybe it doesn't have to be, okay, you come off of maternity leave day one and it's, you know, 120% back to work. I think there's ways that we can ease it in and ease back in. And it's a hard transition coming back from, um, from maternity leave. I remember coming back and it was, I didn't want to necessarily come back right away. So, and then, you know, just having that flexibility for families is really important. 
Yeah, absolutely. And if you could live your life again, knowing everything that you know now, is there anything that you would change? I don't. I, I'm not a type of person who lives, you know, with regrets in any ways. You know, I think that we we learn from uh, the challenges and the ebbs and flows in our life. I mean, if I had to pick one thing when I was at Auburn, I was, you know, I mentioned that I was working in neuronephrology and that was actually, um, I was doing a dual degree and I never went back and wrote my PhD thesis. So that would probably be something that I would have done, but I probably, if I, if I would have taken the time to go back and do that, then I probably wouldn't have spent as much time in private practice and I might not have ended up in industry as early. So, you know, I think it's kind of that chain reaction and I learned a tremendous amount through that. I think that's the only thing that would weigh on my mind. But at the end of the day, I'm a pretty lucky person to have the opportunities that I have had in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. I agree. I think, you know, even on my short life so far, like looking back and seeing, you know, well, even if these negative experiences didn't happen, like what would my life look like then? You know, it would probably be a lot different because sometimes even good or bad experiences can shift, you know, your decisions at the time. And then you can end up completely somewhere else and your life could look extremely opposite of what it might look like now. So. Exactly. And I think, you know, the people and the relationships that you make along the way have a huge influence on decision-making and seeing it from different people's perspectives. So we have a lot of special people within this profession. If you had like an unlimited budget, to spend on self-care, right? And 24 hours and, you know, your husband has the kids, you don't have to work and you have the whole day to yourself to just pamper yourself. What would you do? So I would start off my days. I have a new German shorter puppy. So right now my life is sort of revolving around him and I love dog training. So I would probably wake up and go out uh, for a run with him and then also do a little bit of training with him. I would then probably go and work in the local clinic here because one of the ways that I recharge my battery is by giving back because it helps me sort of see the smiles on, on other people's faces. And then we would probably go out for barbecue and massages. Oh, <laughs> that sounds like a pretty nice day. <laughs> and if you could be born again and choose any profession to go into, what would you choose? For me, it's veterinary medicine. I wouldn't change that. I have been blessed to have the opportunity to be a veterinarian and it's brought me while it's brought great trials and tribulations uh much hours of study time that will probably never get back right uh, but it has brought great joys and um we do have challenges in our profession but i think that we're stronger together and and we have the opportunity to put our path for the future rather than have it determined by outside entities and and for me, I feel a strong sense of responsibility to make sure that I leave the profession in a better place than when I came into it. Because to be quite honest, I've got a little girl, my eight-year-old, who wants to be a future veterinarian, and I want her to come into a very healthy profession. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cute. Oh, she wants to be just like her mom. <laughs> no, no, no. She wants to be a real veterinarian. <laughs> in practice, so that's what she tells me. <laughs> wow, she is sassy. <laughs> Going off of that, like, where do you think our profession is going or, or what do you think needs the most work to keep and maybe make our profession more healthy? Stress and well-being has to continue to be a focus for our profession. We've gotten better 
about talking about it, you know, obviously being a part of Merck Animal Health and our well-being study and being able to do the longitudinal type of assessment over time to know what are the areas that we are the weakest in and what are the gaps and opportunities that we need to build tools for. So I think we have a strong commitment to that. Um, I also think that we've got to figure out this technology and intelligence piece because you know, one of the speakers I love to, to listen to is Dr. Matt Sloy, uh, the economist at the uh, AVMA, and, you know, focus a lot around the productivity of our teams. And I think the only way that we can get the productivity up, along with the flexible hours that we talked about earlier, is by utilizing technology to make our ways of working a little bit easier. And I think it's hard for us to adopt it in the day and now, because it's like, well, we don't, we don't have time and it takes time to sort of train and learn the new technology with the right technology for our teams. How do we use the data that we're getting? I think we have to figure that out. And I think we have to do it as, you know, no matter what type of practice you're in. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Quincy Hawley, and I'm here to tell you about a new show. It's Vet Candy Rounds with the Hawleys. That's right, Dr. Tierra, the love of my life, and I have teamed up to bring you the most fascinating cases in the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or a podcast platform of your choice, only on Vet Candy Radio. Yeah, especially with, you know, the telemedicine, telehealth, all the tele whatevers that are coming out everywhere and all those regulations and everything. But even, you know, maybe people can work from home once or twice a week doing, you know, that kind of stuff or, you know, dealing with some sort of digital interface for clients that helps decrease the burden on the physical practice and that people can then have their flexible schedules. But the practice is you know, just as profitable or even maybe more profitable with this because everyone loves having technology at their fingertips to use like, ooh, shiny new toy. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, we have to think about our pet owners of the future, which are the millennials. And we have to figure out what are the different touch points and connections that we can use technology to build the loyalty for, for our practices. Because I think that for for our private practices out there, I think that's a real edge for us is the personal relationships and how do we have those relationships throughout the year and not just, you know, if they're coming in for their uh, yearly appointment or every six months, however the practice is set up, it's how I'm really passionate about some of the monitoring devices that, that we have now. And, you know, that's a way to build loyalty and know what's going on with that pet when you're at the practice and they're at home. And you can now find out ways to say, hey, you know, so-and-so is scratching. You probably need to come in for a visit. And I think that builds connection with your pet owners and pet owners want to know what's going on with their, with their pets. Yeah, it would be really awesome for it to be, you know, programmable in a way that the veterinarian could set like certain parameters that it would alert the pet owner like, hey, either you need to make an appointment or B, you need to go to the ER because your little device is going to freak out because your dog needs something that maybe you wouldn't be able to recognize without this technology. 
Yep. And I think we, we, as a profession, we have to be ready to adopt those things if it's right for our practice and if it's right for the animals in our care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Through working in industry, what has, you know, kind of been the biggest thing that you've learned through working in a non-clinical role in the profession? I think it's the leadership skills and, and connections and not to say that you don't learn that in practice, but having sort of an enterprise wide mindset, I think is something that I've really appreciated getting in, in industry with all the different trainings that we take, the interactions with people. You know, I've had the opportunity to interact with people, you know, across our universities when it looks at deans and associate deans, and then also being exposed to research and R&D and manufacturing and public policy. And I don't think if I was in private practice, I would have had as many opportunities to be able to do that. And so I appreciate the people that I work with and the people that um, they allow me to ask a million different questions because I have a high sense of curiosity about their role and, you know, what makes this happen. So that's probably the greatest thing that I appreciate. That's awesome. Yeah, it must be such a, a crazy amount of new experiences that that it's allowed you to have, which is really cool. It, it has. You never you never know what's going to pop up on your email or who you're going to be getting a phone call from. Exactly. Exactly. It keeps life fun. <laughs> we'll call it that. And in the future, do you think you're going to stay in industry or make another pivot or do something maybe completely new again? So, you know, when I came into industry, I always thought, okay, I'll learn some things and I'll go back and own a practice and go back into private practice. I've, I've done um, mixed animal practice and, and still practice along the way because I think it's important to stay close to pet owners. I think I'm not a strategist for my career is what I tell people. You know, sometimes for many of the roles that I've been, had the opportunity to apply for is people come to me and say, hey, look, we see this in you. You probably don't see it in yourself. And I'm always willing to jump at that and jump on a new opportunity. I love my career now. I, I don't see uh, ever leaving where I'm at because I love this role so much, but, uh, but I'll always take a look at the opportunities that are out there. Yeah, that's awesome. And you never know with all the, all the people in the world. And I feel like every veterinarian is like two or three steps away from each other. It's crazy. Our profession is so small. It is. It is. I, I am ready for our conference, our in-person conference to come back into full swing. I don't know about you. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso. Do you want to keep up with everything Vet Matt? Then check out my show on Vet Candy TV. We talk about clinical updates, science news, plus some of the coolest people in our profession. Stream at My Vet Candy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms. Right? Yes, I'm so excited. I was at um, IVEX in Nashville um, back in early September, and it was so surreal to finally, like, be back in that big auditorium and to see everybody and attend lectures. It was like, wow, you know, I can't believe how much I missed this. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dr. Royale, for joining me today. I learned so many things and I 
hope the best for you and your career. And hopefully your daughter will <laughs> become just as amazing as a veterinarian. <laughs> and that crazy little puppy will uh, be very uh, obedient pretty soon. <laughs> I hope so too, Shannon. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and I, I wish you the best in your career as well. Thank you so much. I hope all of our listeners today enjoyed our conversation and our 21 questions game. So stay tuned for next time. And thank you for listening to this episode of Vet Candy IRL. And I'm your host, Shannon Gregoire. Thank you. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.